Get in the Ring podcast with John and Ryan, brought to you by Fight Club Men's Ministry. Ryan Casabella founded the Fight Club in fall of 2022 with a vision to minister the average man through open group dialogue and a brotherhood of mentorship. Ryan, how are you doing today, bud? Man, I'm doing great. I uh, really, I'm, I couldn't be uh, be any better being here, hanging out with you. It's uh, it's it's good stuff, man. It's good. So. For our open trailer, let's let's dive into what was it that inspired you to create the Fight Club, and now has inspired you to create the podcast. Yeah, so what I've learned, so I've, I was an alcoholic a little bit over five years ago, and you know, for so many years, I had this 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 thing that I couldn't defeat. It was defeating me. And I really couldn't find an outlet for it. I went to church. I, you know, I, it was just, you know, your, your typical, what you would predict with your groups and your, you know, meetings and stuff. But I didn't, I couldn't find anything that I felt that I could be open to, uh, that I could share without feeling like I was going to get judged. Because I didn't feel like a lot of people in the same room shared what I was going through. And when about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, uh, I had an extreme burden that if, if I went through that, could I prevent someone else from going through the same thing? And I, I look at where we are in this world and the people that are battling this stuff because, men, when we do that, we isolate ourselves and then we insulate ourselves from the world because uh, that's, that's what I did. And then, you know, it just gets much, much worse. And I was my goal was, uh, the conviction was to look to create an atmosphere of a brotherhood of men that had a relationship with God, didn't have to, but let's, let, you know, start with that as a foundation and then mingle in people that battle, you know, addiction from alcohol to pills to porn, uh, guys that are, are going through divorce that have definitely messed up uh, with adultery or something of that nature, uh, and then mix it in with guys that have not went through those things. And with that, uh, uh, mentoring has, has definitely created itself and it's made us stronger. And then you've even have new people that have a relationship with Christ that's accepted him and, and don't know where to go. They, they, they're not, sermon's not going to do it. They don't know where to start reading. So put them into uh, an environment of other men, a brotherhood, where they can learn how to read the Bible. They can learn how to, to live out what a new creation is. And it's a no judgment zone, you know. It's just, you know, guys being real. And uh, through that, we're going to grow and uh, be, really be the, the husband, the father, the leaders that we're, we were designed to be. That's right, and I joined the Fight Club probably about two or three months ago, and that's one thing that attracted myself to it was the, you know, the camaraderie between everybody. You have uh, EMTs, firefighters, deacons of the church, yourself, um, construction workers. It's a good mix of people from a diverse background, diverse demographics. You got some older folks, and you got some younger folks. I would say probably from what I've seen, really early 20s, probably late 70s so honestly the open dialogue is where it's at because you know you do a great job of leading the class with or the group with um, bullet points and conversation and then just to hear the wisdom man I think is where the where it comes from like hearing you know the heartache from yourself and your your past mistakes and some of the other people who who are willing to share their testimony and then to hear the wisdom from the guys that are of the older generation you know, it just it's very comforting to know one, you're not alone. Okay. You can have an open conversation that no one's gonna judge you about, right? 
Because a lot of guys, man, like they'll go to church and they're like they're they're holding back so much baggage and they don't know how to let it out. Well, this gives them an avenue to do that. And I'm not saying this is the only thing that gives you that, right? This is one thing that does. So you're not judged. You're sitting by next to somebody you might have seen at church for five months, five years, and y'all are talking real talk about, yeah, man, I used to suffer with that too. Yeah, it, it's 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 become so common too with men. I mean, I think men are under attack, and I, I always, you know, I thought about something, and I think so huge. It says if you get him, you get the home, and just like when Paul and Silas was in prison, you know, and uh, uh, the shackles were knocked off, the doors were open, and they didn't leave. And from that, the jailer got saved. Okay, and then they went to his house, and then his family got saved, and that was a transformation there. And I think about that because I think the target audience for church, and just forget church, just us as individuals, men, being believers, stepping outside of ourself, is we should, get, we should target other men. Because, again, if we get the men, they're better husbands, they're better fathers, they're better leaders in their businesses, uh, they're better stewards, they're better uh, uh, serv- servers, servants at the church. And, I mean, it's, it's something that's... It's so huge, but you got to be intentional about it. Because, like you said, when you come in that room, man, I've I've met with probably over seventy different men individually, uh, and they share their story. And in the beginning, it was I mean, some of the stories was I thought mine was bad, and I was like, okay, you got me, you know, you you've trumped you you just trumped me, you know. And what I realized the best thing I can say after they share these things that are really just unbelievably traumatic, uh, I tell them I get it. And they don't expect that. And I say that because I'm like, man, I get it. I was like, you weren't given a fair shake. To, you had no manual or, or, or given an example of what, what was the right way, you know. And, and I get it, man. I get it. But now acknowledging that it is now it's what's the next steps, right? And I think the brotherhood of the fight club and challenging yourself to get in the ring. Because, you know, we're, ever since Adam was – created he tended the garden you know what i'm saying like work is we get we get messed up sometimes john you know because we think when we're called to work like that's our duty work is not just something that we get a paycheck on work is is moving moving going so work is also work in ministry and he jesus continually said go 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 he was only in the church like twice to my understanding through when jesus was here he was out he was witnessing, and he was he was moving and going and doing. He didn't set up in a church and say, y'all come to me. He went to them. And when he shared his word and he had those transformations, he moved on to others. And I think that is a, is a calling is what us men should do, uh, is the work we do, the harvest is coming, and the fruits are eternal. Yeah, and when you, you made a point that he moved on to others, and the others he moved on most of the time were troubled men, mm-hmm. you know. They had stories themselves, and uh, he picked a group of guys that he knew if they believed in him, he could he could pour back into them and grow them into, 100%. into the men that they needed to be, and they were. And, and then all these years later, we have the Bible, and we have those chapters, and we have all the books and the Bibles and everything that testifies for that. So what is, what is your vision and mission statement for the In the Ring podcast? I believe when you, uh, through the years that I've been in church, uh, I've been saved. Uh, I've been saved for uh, quite a bit of time now. I'm not going to say how long because I always sound older than what I what I think I am, right? So, uh, but I've only been active for a short period, 
and uh, some people don't understand that, um, but you do, or you maybe not want to admit to it. So I think Get in the Ring, the inspiration behind uh, the podcast being called Get in the Ring and have that mindset is that there's three different people, and I think we just talked about this uh, in the last couple of weeks, was having three different, uh, you're three different types of people, right? So you've got a spectator, a commentator, or a gladiator. Right. And as you know, you can, you can, what those are is exactly what you think. A spectator's there, uh, checks in, you know, takes on the event, witnesses everything, doesn't say anything, doesn't really do anything, they're spectating. The commentary or commentator, you know, they're very much close to it, but they're still not actually doing anything. Now, they can speak on it. They mm-hmm. can talk about it. They can give advice. They're the first ones to, 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 to get the mouth moving, but they really don't have a life experience or they don't care to share their life experience. And then you have the gladiator. And when I think the gladiator uh, doesn't talk a lot, maybe, doesn't have to be seen because the gladiator has a job, and the job is to get in the ring because he knows, just like the scripture says in Nehemiah 4.14, he says, remember the all-inspiring God. He is awesome and he is good. And he says, fight for your families, fight for your wives, fight for your sons, your daughters, and fight for your countrymen. And that's Nehemiah 4.14. The gladiator not only fights his battle, but he tells the weaker ones to get behind him because he's going to fight for them too. And I think that's really the ultimate goal is, is a believer and as a man of God that we have to be a gladiator in this world because there's a lot of broken men. If there's broken men, then, then there's, there's broken uh, uh, spouses or, or wives that are raising their children by themselves. And then that is multiplying there because now you have men, young men that are teenagers and younger men that don't know how to be a godly man and they've never even seen one. They wouldn't even know where to start. And I think there's so many layers there that a man can um, influence if he would just get in the ring, get in the ring, and fight your battle, but fight other people's battle too. I mean, that, that's, that's what we're called to do for sure. Sometimes helping other people with their battle helps you with yours. I've noticed that a lot in my, <clears throat> in my calling and my, me helping other people is like, you know, obviously I'm always a work in progress. And I've said this before, like, I don't want to stop being a work in progress because as long as I'm a work in progress, I'm always working. And that kind of relates back to what you said. Hey, and Jesus is, Jesus is the bridge, right? So Jesus is the bridge. He was sent here. So we're the bridge to our salvation, but to the Father. We is accepting the Holy Spirit, accepting Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We now have that in us, right? So now we have became also the bridge between the lost to Jesus, which will get to the Father. And that's, that's what we should take our salvation as, is an opportunity to be a bridge for somebody to come to the Father. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. So those of you who are listening, this is just the introduction episode. Further, we will dive into more details, talk points, Absolutely. stories from the Bible, experiences, etc. We just wanted to make a quick, quick introduction so that you guys can know what's coming up what we plan on doing, what the vision is. Ryan, do you want to share a quick um, testimony on, on – you kind of dove into it a little bit. But. Yeah, I, I think with me, you know, with myself, when, when you've battled addiction, you know, I've battled a lot, it, it, and everybody else has too, so I don't like to overly talk about myself because uh, it's not about me. It's just how I can use those things for somebody else, you know. But, you know, for years battling uh, multiple suicide attempts, uh, being, being addicted to alcohol, massive depression, self-worth, 
uh, just, I mean, just, just the pits. I mean, just absolute pits. And I've always thought, like, I want to do more, I want to do more, I want to do more. And at some point, there was – there, there was a Holy Spirit intervention where it was like, hey, you need to figure out a way to use that, even if it's just one person. Um, if it could be more, that's great. But being an alcoholic and being in the world we live in right now, there's, there's a really fine line of, of allowing pride and narcissism to kick in. And you, you got to be able to remove that away and focus on it. So for me, for my own testimony, you know, I have um, felt like I was not worthy. The amount of depression and the amount of uh, hurt, and I, I, I would call out and I would call out and I would call out. And I definitely felt like Jesus talked to me. I felt like through that, that he says, you know, I'm, I'm, it, this is in preparation. This is in preparation for a purpose. And through that purpose, I'm going to deliver the promise. And there's not a greater joy than to see a broken person be healed. There's not a greater joy in your life. And there's no money and there is no substance that could ever replace the joy that you go through, whether it be a tough season or if it's a struggle or a trial. Like, it just continually uh, equips me and others. And at some point, you're like, I'm not going to say I wish that bad things would happen. I don't want that whatsoever. That's crazy. That's ludicrous. But, man, it makes you so much stronger. So, you know, as far as my own testimony, um, my biggest thing about my testimony is I believe it's given me the heart and the passion to not be okay about not worrying about my brothers and sisters in Christ and the outcome of their lives. And if I can be impactful to one person or more uh, and, and to strengthen other brothers that are in that seasons, I, I would hope that that would be well and, well and pleasing to, to God when it's my day. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and, and, and to come from where even yourself was against yourself, right? That negative self-talk that you were talking about, you know, to now not only be able to confide in yourself like you had to you know you had to come to the realization but now to also have that desire to help others because that that's huge and that's what this podcast and that's what fight club is about is saying hey you're not the only one like we're all going through this but together we can help you get where you want to be help you because there's a lot of people that just live in that denial and they live in that guilt and they're like no one cares no one's going to listen to what i got to say and really that's 100 percent opposite of the truth Truth is, there is people, there is programs, there is clubs, there is ministries that will listen, and you'll be surprised to find out you're not the only one. So what this is a good introduction to invite people to this. Like come, come be with us, and let's let's work through it. You know, let's don't command anything, but let's coach you through it. Right. And uh, like for me, my testimony, man, is my parents. Had a great relationship. They raised us perfect. I couldn't really complain about any of that. The only thing I could say is, man, we didn't go to church. You know, which was which looking back now, I was like, why? You know, I didn't understand that. I mean, my, my father's father was a minister. My mother's father was opposite, right? Um, my grandmother on both sides, very religious women. So every time I went around there, I always heard, around the Lord, heard about the Lord, um, no matter, you know, which one I went to. 
And I'm talking about faithful servants, man. So most of my memory from a child when it comes to the Lord and, and ministry was from my grandmothers because my grandfather had passed away when I was way young. But my grandmothers, man, they were, they were faithful. I mean, I've never to this day found anybody or seen anybody more faithful. You know, and, and then it was uh, my dad got diagnosed with cancer when I was in high school, and um, we started clinging to, to faith-driven, you know, in the Bible and just – and it, it, it's kind of frustrating that it took that for me, you know, and this is a podcast and about being honest. So, you know, for me, like, I felt like that almost turned me away because, like, why did we wait to then? Why did, why did you have to have cancer for us to start going to church? You know, I didn't understand that. And, um, of course, I was like 16, 15, 16 years old. And, you know, with me, I remember, though, once we started going to church and everything, because there was a little resentment at first, not towards God or anything, just like trying to understand, you know. And um, I do remember standing up one time, man, and, and I preached at like 17, 18 years old, a whole sermon on faith. And I've always... You know, not since that moment, but the one thing that I've always done, no matter if I was living, living right, living wrong, is I always point to the Bible and say, what's it say? What's it say? Now, knowing what I know now at my age, even that's not right because, like, we should be living through the Bible, doing the best we can to be what that's an example of. I mean, there is an owner's manual. There is uh, a parenting plan. There's a husband plan. There's, uh, that plan's in the Bible. Now that I'm older, yeah. I realize that, and I mm -hmm. want to teach that. Yeah, you know, uh, my older kids, I didn't get, I wasn't in that mindset, I wasn't in that that place in, mm -hmm. in my in my uh, worship, so I wasn't able to share that, and I, I do feel guilty for that with the younger child children I have now. Yeah, I can do that with my grandkids. I can do that. You know, I still do re regret the fact that I didn't. But one thing that's in common in most of these clubs we talk about is there's some daddy issues, right? There was some stuff that doesn't mean your father was bad. But you just wasn't, it wasn't godly. Yeah. Doesn't mean he, he did bad things. Like, he wasn't godly, though. He wasn't spiritual, right? Yeah. And that's one thing I've seen be one of the major common cores in the fight club and, and in some of our groups is the fact that that is a common core, man. It's like, where was dad? Yeah. How did we learn? You know, yeah, he worked. He did all the things he's supposed to do. But biblically, where was he? Right. So, you know, that went on me and my testimony – at a young age, I got married real early and stuff and divorced real real young as well, had kids. And I just kind of like teeter-totted back and forth. Like I never, like if I was ever asked, do you believe in God? 100%. But then I had to come to the realization that people had to ask. Yeah. Why did they have to ask that? Yeah. Because they couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that started eating at me. And then, um, you know, I would always say, hey, what's the Bible say? Because whatever the Bible says is the truth. But yeah, I didn't live it. You know, I was a hypocrite. And, you know, I went to a period, through a period of my life where there was hypocrites um, that turned me off from church, and I just quit going. Yeah. Well, I couldn't stand the fact that someone's sitting here preaching this, that, and the other, and then on Friday, Saturday nights, they're out bar hopping and doing whatever they did, you know, and I was like, man. I believe in God. And, and, you know, I got into that thing that I think everybody does at some point. They're like, man, I am my own church. <laughs> right? yeah, I think we've all said right. it's like, hey, I'm right. my own church. Even when we weren't really our own church, we, we kind of, we say, I don't go to church because church is just a building. Yeah. Right. And even though that's also, I mean, I mean, uh, the church is just a building. The church yeah. is actually the body. Yeah. 
people would be like, I didn't see you at church. Like, I said, it's a building, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing my own thing over here. And, you know, a lot of that was an excuse for me, yeah. right? So it took, it took me a long time to come back home, man. And God, I'm glad I am, man. And it took a lot. It took a lot of me soul-searching, getting out of my own way, changing my way of thinking, my priorities. Get, I had to, and I've said this a thousand times. It was awesome because I went and watched The Blind. Hmm. And they said it in there, and I'd never really heard it other than when I said it to myself. And I said, I got to die to myself. Yeah. I got to die. Whatever it is that's holding me back spiritually, that man has to go away. Yeah. I have to. So I remember it wasn't long ago, man. I was working out of town and I was like, just God called me to get in that closet. And uh, I got in the closet for whatever reason. You yeah. listen, you know what I mean? Didn't make sense. There wasn't nobody there but me. But I get in that closet, man, turn out the light. And I, I, I remember getting on my knees and praying. And I remember it was weird. It was like being put under, kind of. Like yeah. you remember like counting to 10 before the documentary. Yeah. And then there was all this and then you woke up. And that's kind of how it was. I know it sounds yeah. weird. But that's yeah. how it was. Like I got down on my knees, I prayed, I prayed, I bawled my eyes out. I wanted change. And it probably lasted 45 minutes to an hour. Hmm. Never done that a day in my life. Hmm. And I came back up, man. And I can tell you, as sure as I'm sitting here, that everything did change that day. Yeah. You know, um, I remember praying the prayer when I was 13. I remember praying the prayer when my dad died. You know, and but it didn't change me until that moment. You know. And I felt God say, you want this. You want you want your marriage to last. Yeah. You want to be a better father. He's like, you got to die. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, whatever it is you are, your, your yeah. lukewarmness that you have going on, you got to get rid of it, man. It's either all or nothing. And I'm not perfect. There's days that I have some bad days. Man, I won't never go back to where I was. I got guardrails now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what can give us those guardrails is clubs like Fight Club, church. We go to a great church. Um the Bible, the Word, the wisdom, all that. If you just really focus in on that, and you, especially when you're fighting demons, right? And just just focus in on it, man. And that's what helped me get to where I am. And that wasn't long ago, man. I mean, I ain't ashamed to say that it's um, November 2023. That that closet closet time happened like February. Yeah. yeah. Just this year, man. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, it's, it's revolutionized my life, my family's life. You know, we moved, got away from what we felt like was a, a stagnant environment. Yeah. Um, we moved up here, man. We got the church in our four walls, and we don't want any distractions, yeah. man. It's great. Like, my wife isn't trying to get attention yeah. from, like, friend groups and all this stuff that takes us away yeah. from yeah. what we're trying to accomplish. Right. I don't get lost in that. Yeah. You know, we're in Nashville now. I used to be in the music business. Like, I'll write. I'll invite writers over here. We'll write. I'll tell them, hey, look, you're in my house, man, and... The, the, those old conversations aren't going to happen to yeah. Like leave that stuff in your car. That's right. I don't judge them. Yeah. But I don't want it. Yeah. Like you don't have to come if you don't want to. But I have to lay those guardrails down, man, because I don't backslide. You know, and then my wife and my kids here, like, don't come up in here with stuff in your pocket you're not supposed yeah. to have. Don't come up in here with vulgar mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you just, you really have to live it, man, and then be that lighthouse for other people. And I know that's cliche. Yeah. Everybody says it, but it's true, man. And when you get to the point that you and I are, yeah. And a lot of our, you know, people in our circle, it it is like now it makes sense, man. It's like putting on a whole nother pair of glasses and you just see yeah. the world differently. You see it yeah. more clearly. It does come with a lot more emotions yeah. because where you probably wouldn't cry before, you're going to cry now. Same for me, man. Yeah. I'd be sitting there watching a movie, man. I'm like tearing up like crazy. Mm-hmm. What am I tearing up for? Man? That's yeah. just the Holy Spirit, you know, working yeah. in you. 
but yeah, man, it's like when that change happens, man, like it's hard to describe until you just get there. But once it does, man, it changes everything. Yeah, and the scripture tells you too. So it tells you, uh, do not conform to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's a transformation, right? And so, you know, to, uh, you know, a key point, you made me think about something. I, I'll go ahead and share it, you know, real quick and we'll elaborate on it later. So as far as my testimony, you know, the real, the turning point, the pivotal point on myself was, uh, I used to read about Paul a lot. My wife was like, you know, you're going to have to find somebody else to read about. Like, that's all you read about. And I'm like, well, I, I kind of like, it's kind of my jam. You know, he wrote over more of the, most of the New Testament and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of meat on the bone here, you know. But my attraction to him was he was uh, for, I think, around 32, right? So for 30-some-odd years, he had only known one way, and it was obviously, to part, you know, he was... He was created and, and schooled and educated and everything to persecute Christians, anything. You know, he was just the most infamous person out there, to, to, for my thoughts, right? Uh, killing and just, I mean, just torture, just, just, but God had a plan for him, right? So when he went on Damascus Road, he's, he uh, blinded him, right? He covered his face up, blinded him. He uh, uh, crippled him. Now he's on the ground. Uh, and he was headed. He was headed. He was headed to persecute Christians. He was headed to kill women, children. It didn't matter. He he was taking them out. And then God's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna use this guy, right?" And I found that so amazing because then he reached out to Ananias, and he's just you know to me he was a random guy, and it's the only time he's talked about it in the Bible. It's my understanding. And and he said, "Hey, you need to go to Paul and tell him that I sent you because I've I've told Paul that I've done this, and this is gonna show him that this is a real deal." And I, I know when when you read that, Ananias was like, "Guy, you you talking to me?" And you know, and uh, so Ananias went right, and we know the story that that Paul uh, Saul became Paul. He was transformed. He 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 uh, he, he uh, recognized God. He now he started serving God. He was a transformed man. And it says in that scripture immediately. I think it's Acts nine eighteen, but don't hold me to it. Uh, but it, it was immediately that transformation came. Right, so. Immediately means that he was immediately forgiven for everything that the world knew him for and every identity that he had, his mindset and everything. And that immediate transformation was immediate. It's, it's God, right? And then he, he, Paul immediately went and he was around some Christians. They're like, no, no, get him out of here. This dude is like, this is Paul. We don't, you know, they're like, no, he's, he's good now. And they're like, no, he's really not. We don't care. We can't trust him. And then Paul's people came after him, so he, he took off, and he disappeared for, I, I think, some odd of three years, right, before he hit the scene again. And Paul lived till I think, early 60s, maybe 64. So halfway through his life, he lived of sin. The other half, he lived for God. He never got married. He mentored um, uh, Timothy. Uh, he, 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 he dedicated his life strictly for uh, what the burden was on his life. So... Five years ago on my birthday, it was May the 7th was my birthday. It was five, a little bit over five years ago. Uh, I was at the point of alcohol where I could drink, you know, a fifth and a 12-pack or a fifth and a case at one time in about a two-hour window, and I was doing it about every night, right? Get up the next morning, take a little bit of medicine, um, Adderall to get the hangover, you know, get a little bit of food in my system, and I just got used to it. I, I'm just telling you, I got used to it, and... You know, uh, there at the end, the last probably 30 days there, you know, I went to sleep with a pistol in my hand, and and um, um, you can imagine. And I woke up the next morning and actually thought that I had died, and I realized that I had not taken my life that night. Um, 
and I totally freaked out, but I didn't freak out enough to quit. But I, that's the second time that it happened, and I, I seriously thought I had taken my life because I was like, okay, I don't know, is this, is this the next step? Because I'm pretty sure I took my life last night. And it was the night of my birthday when I was living up here, my wife was not, and she came to surprise me on my birthday. And she had thought I'd quit drinking, or I thought she had thought I'd quit drinking for a long time. But I think she knew I was hiding because I lived in Nashville for like three months without her, right? So every single night when I got home, man, it was, you know, a white girl wasted, you know, just completely, you know what I'm saying, just a whole other level, right, every single night. And I was, that night I had went to a restaurant, which I didn't do, and I had a beer. And she walked in, just gorgeous. I, rem- I mean, I could literally take you there right now, and I could probably tell you what she was wearing, and this was over five years ago. And her hair was, I mean, she was just, she was on point. She was. And she, when she saw me, she smiled. She looked down and saw the beer. And then I smiled, and I looked down and saw the beer. I go, oh, crap. This is, this is fixing to be really bad right now. And ended up, she left. I left. I begged her to come to the house. She was heading back home where we were from. And I was like, oh, this this was the final straw. Like, she had told me there was some final straws, but I was like, no, nah, this ain't it. And I knew, like, this is it. And we went back to the apartment, and I fought with her. You know, I told her, like, I don't ever drink. You know, I started being defensive, and then I made it her fault, and then blah, blah, blah. And then she told me, she said, look, I want you to know that, you know, I, I know you've been doing this for a long time now, hiding it, and you're, you're, um, you're binging, and, you know, I know you're – you're, you, this is this is out of control. We're not moving here. My parents, your parents know that. And uh, this is it. This is over. And I've been with my wife since I was 13. Yeah, and I'm 42. So I've uh, been married for 22 years. Yeah, 22 years. My kids are, you know, gorgeous kids, teenagers. Um, and I remember being in that apartment, and I just absolutely just broke down crying. I've never had that rush of feeling before. And I felt like, I know it sounds crazy, man, but I felt like Damascus Road because I'm telling you, I looked up and I, I, I believe I felt Jesus. I felt God. I felt everything spiritual. I felt, uh, I really felt a light come on to me. Not that I visibly saw that, but I felt that intervention because I, came, I felt like I came to the foot of the cross at that night. And even though Lindsay wasn't convinced and wasn't convinced for a while after that, at that night, I was like, take this away from me. Please take this away from me or take my life. I'm done, but I want to surrender, and I want to I fix. I want to I be a, an instrument for you. And that night, and like I said, I was, and I, the Adderall was every day. The, the alcohol was just insane. I mean, it would probably get an elephant drunk, you know, and I'd gotten so immune to it. And I never touched it again after that night. I didn't go to rehab. I didn't do. Um, I didn't do any kind of recovery or anything. Because honestly, I didn't have a lot of money, and I worked uh, really long hours at my job, and I couldn't afford to lose anything. And Lindsay had told me, "You go to rehab, or this is over." And I said, "Baby, you're just going to tell me it's over if I don't quit because I, we can't. I can't do it. And I, if I got myself in this. I need to get out of it. And I, 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 you have no reason to trust me, but I just." I need you just give me some time and let me do this. And and I did, and it was terrible. And I'm fortunate. I'm not suggesting that to anybody whatsoever. Uh, that not everybody can do that. What you know, I'm not saying that by all means. But for my story, on May the 7th, five, a little bit over five years ago, I put down the one thing that controlled everything. And what I found 
when I put that down is it what also was attached to that was insecurity, depression, suicide, hate, anger, jealousy, greed, all these many things was attached to that. And then it, at that point, I like to think like it was kind of like Paul too. I needed a year, I needed some years to go to the desert and be isolated because I had to rethink how I'd spent half my life. And I needed to get away from everything and everybody to recalibrate and figure it out. And it was ironic because after a little bit over three years is when I got this huge passion to try to be an instrument for people, for men. And shortly thereafter, that was um, where the men's group started coming to me and praying over it, studying it, mentoring to people one-on-one. And then shortly thereafter that, uh, really the, the fight club kind of birthed itself. And I believe that we serve a God that can immediately do anything he wants to do. 100%, man. It's an awesome story. It's an awesome story. You know, it came to the con- conclusion that you just had to, you had to die to yourself. You had to. You had to. You finally gave up. And one thing I say a lot, man, and it's not to, to knock the unfortunate that passed at early ages, but I say it all the time, and you might have heard me say this before, is I thank God that he allowed me to live to where I am now to be able to right my wrongs with the world, with family, myself, especially with him. Not everybody gets that, man. And, you know, it reminded me of it when you said you would fall asleep with a gun in your hand drunk, which we all know that alters your decision-making. You could have easily, unpurposely done. You could you could have fell asleep with that thing pointed at you, got startled and accidentally pulled the trigger. Like So many things could have happened but didn't. But you know, with your past and my past, the great thing about serving God, if you truly surrender to that deal, uh, he don't talk about the past. No, that guy's dead. He's he, gone. He's He repented. He, yeah. You repent. He forgives. And all those disciples, he didn't go up to him and say, hey, all right, Matthew. All right, Paul. All right, Moses. All right, David. You know what I'm saying? Like We're the only ones that have that detachment, that attachment. And it's the, the understanding that, no, my God does really forgive that. Now, have I upset some people along the way? Yeah. You know, and some people, you definitely need to amend that thing. And, you know, but they need to understand, too, that you serve a forgiving God, and you you would hope that they would also forgive you the best. They won't forget, but could they forgive you as well? Uh, because you really have, and you got to show it, too. You can't just say it. A lot of people say stuff, don't do nothing. You know, you, you, there's, you've got to put action to that deal, too. you got to be a better husband, father, and leader uh, if you want to get a response from other people. And not overnight, but over time. Yeah, and you also, you said you upset people. You upset people while you were doing that, but you also yeah. upset people when you quit doing it. Yeah. Like, be prepared, guys. When you change your life, you change your environment, you're going to lose friends and family. Mm-hmm. You're not cool anymore. But we're not trying to be cool to them. All right. you know I've had I mean? people tell me, they're like, you were much cool. You, you know, you were much yeah. more fun when you were right. drinking. I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. To in you. your world. <laughs> yeah. In, in your world. Yeah. You no, know, and, and hey, you know, uh, misery loves company. Absolutely, man. And you know, when 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 people, um, when people try to bring up my past, which I didn't have a crazy past, I just lived a sinful past. Um, I uh, I'm like, I don't even know who you're speaking of. That man don't exist. Mm-hmm. And God put that like I I struggled. I was like, God, how do I? And you may have you may have went through this, but I struggle with. But so many people know me how I was. 
how will they ever believe me now? Yeah. And I heard God tell me, the man they speak of don't mm -hmm. exist no more. Mm -hmm. So that's why I tell people, man, it gives me chills still to this day because it's true. I mean, if you really think about it, like the guy you're referring to, I don't even know that guy. Yeah. That guy's dead and gone. Yeah. He's gone. And what an amazing feeling to be loved. And, and, and God's grace is so wonderful, man. You know, and, and, and even even with my podcast that I was doing um, previous to this one, and, and I still do it, at the beginning it was like, I was, I was like, I'm not going to do religion. I'm not going to talk yeah. about politics. It's just going to be, you know, how to build confidence, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it prospered. But then as I started growing in my faith, God's like, and spiritually. Yeah. And spiritually. Yeah. Without it, you can't you can't build it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So man, that's been just such a man. The, the the last year, and I know I'm new to it, man. And, and uh, I'm new, but I'm not new to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm just talking about like my faithfulness, like where I'm at with it, dude. It's new, um, but I ain't going back. Mm -hmm. I'm not going back, man. Yeah. Well, if you if you too over focused on all those um, things of the world, you know. Mm -hmm. You're you're really focusing on you're you're fo you're investing in something that has an expiration date. That's right. What are the things where your spirit, you know, and so forth? There, there's not an expiration date on those things, right? And right. you get to you you receive crowns, right? You receive glory. You receive because you know when you I always joke about this, but I was like, man, when I go through those gates, and I see my father, and that book whips open, and then pages come to where Ryan Casabella's at. I don't want an empty page, right? I want I want them to have, I want there to be multiple pages. I want it to be like oh, well, you know where that guy's at in there, because he's mm -hmm. taking up some pages in that book, you know. Right. And I and, and that goes into that internal investment, right? Yeah. And then the number one again, he says, go and make disciples, go and make fishers of men. He, he couldn't have been. He didn't say go build a bigger church. He didn't say you know, do this or do all this other stuff. And I, no, no, he said, just go multiply because we're called to be ministers. And, and that's weird to some people, but he says, it, the scripture says, says, fulfill your ministry, your ministry. Because a lot of people depend on pastors and preachers, which they're doing it. But he needs his people to do it, yeah, right? I for mean, sure. yeah, I mean, that's, it, you signed up, you accepted, great, that's awesome. Your house is in order. That's incredible, right? Okay, do do more because that's that's you need to do more. You just need to do more. There's, you should never be satisfied with the fruits that you put out. I think, and that, that isn't a negative thing, right? So I'm not mm -hmm. saying you're not content. So no, no, I'm saying that there's always somebody that's one conversation away from their life being transformed. And you may be the person that starts that conversation. Man, it, it changes in a dime, man. Mm -hmm. I know so many conversations that couldn't have happened that led me to where I am, man, and it scares the crap out of me. I'm like, yeah. I'm like man, if that one thing changed, mm -hmm. it would have changed the whole trajectory of where I am now. And uh, like you, I want to help be that change for people, you know, not be the reason. Jesus is the reason, but just help people because what it is, man, is like, just like in the mental health field, a lot of people will talk to therapists, but mm -hmm. they're intimidated by therapists. It's like, what do you know? A couple books, right? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, and I don't mean this wrong, but I think there's certain people that are intimidated by pastors. Yeah. Just their presence. Like, 
But with the fight club and the ministries that we're talking about doing, man, it allows the average man to open up yeah. because they don't feel they shouldn't or they shouldn't. And after they come and they listen to us and they talk to us, man, like they shouldn't feel ashamed to open up Yeah. because the first step is admitting you're wrong. Yeah. It's like realizing what you're doing, realizing you're not alone. There's a way out because there's a, you felt trapped. I'm sure you felt mm-hmm. like you were trapped and we're never going to get out of that. I felt trapped and thought I was never going to get out of stuff. Yeah. But the truth is we can, man. Yeah. And uh, I ain't never going back. No, no. There's absolutely no reason to go back. And, I mean, the things that you do now, I mean, it, the things that you do as a as a, as a, as a Christian man, it, it's just it's really fun. It's expi- inspiring. So in the last year, man, and I know you've joined, you joined up this year and started coming, um, you know, to, to the Fight Club. And since I have been there, there were men that came that literally just had an affair. And I think they came because they got in trouble, and they're like, well, hey, I'll go to a men's group. You know, they're trying to find a way to, to, to decrease the heat yeah. from the house, right? And, you know, some I had a couple guys that came in, and you could tell it wasn't authentic, it wasn't genuine. Like, they were totally just trying to get back in the house or, or get her to back off. They were going to go right back to it, 100%. Mm-hmm. But there's been some guys that came in in the season of adultery, or they the papers were signed on a divorce or they were horrifically addicted to porn or horrifically had like anger, mad anger problems, or they were sexually abused uh, younger. And it's like they had so much going on in their brain uh, 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And there, there's uh, the guys that were unsaved, um, the guys that were working in jobs that just sucked. And they were like, they just, you know, and then the guys that's never had, uh, their father wasn't a good a good uh, a good example they've never had anybody to give them any wisdom or anything whatsoever um there there's guys that didn't doesn't know how to read the bible doesn't understand the bible they think of it as a a story you know they think of it as a history book instead of an application right and just in the last year i've i personally have been able to be a witness of all these people's transformations and it's really crazy because now if you talk to them you wouldn't have a clue that these guys were in a, such a, a rough season less than a year ago, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with me, zero to do with me. It has to do with the guys uh, that are in the fight club, the brotherhood of joining together and just being there for each other, loving on each other, giving each other advice or really just support. Because ideally, I can't tell you what to do. I can guide you to Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Right, just open up doors. That's right. That's doors, right. Yeah. Be the bridge. Yeah, and I—I I mean, when I got invited, um, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I—I I was at a good point in my life. You know, I just started the church, became a member, and in—in—in in, in, in starting point is where I met Obi. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm part of this men's oh, ministry. Yeah. Come yeah. on, all right, cool, dude, let's go." Yeah. And thankfully, I came in on the right side of my salvation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, when I went, I was just like, man, I love this. Just the environment. And I'm not talking, I mean, we're not sitting there eating and drinking no. coffee. Like it's just indulging in that conversation, man, was a healthy conversation. You do a great job leading it, you know, and, and, and coming from someone like I just said a while ago, like people can confide you cause you're like, Hey, this is what I did. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, you're not giving yourself credit by saying that you're saying, look, if I can do it, yeah, you can do it guys. You know, and everybody's story is going to be different. Everybody's path to salvation is going to be different. Everybody's path to 
you know, coming on the other side of their salvation, like me, like I think, and I know it, it sounds ridiculous for me to say, I think I got saved at 13. Right? Yeah. But, uh-huh. you know, at that early age, everybody's like, you, you have that pull. I didn't do it because I didn't go down there with a group of kids. I mean, like I felt that, that seat yeah. fired up, you know. And then I remember when my dad passed, like immediately I was lost. I fell to my mm. knees, you know, and I, I felt like I got saved again. Like I, I don't even know if that's a thing, yeah. right? But to me, I felt like I was. And then, you know, the closet time. But um, I had got baptized in a creek in North Georgia back when I was like 13 with a group of friends and stuff, and I didn't really feel like that was real, mm-hmm. you know. And um, through the last year with re-identifying my faith and um, everything that's led to where we are now with the church and these four walls and my wife and the kids, like everything couldn't be any better, man. And it's scary because every time you like say that devil attacks you the next day. Yeah. But you got, we got to remember, we got somebody that's greater than the devil. And, and, but it happens, man, me and my wife, we got baptized on my birthday. So my birthday fell on, on August 20th, which fell on a Sunday this year. And we had already signed up to get baptized. And, um, I was like, man, I want to do it on my birthday. My birthday's on a Sunday. I want to do it because to me that was symbolic because yeah. it's like born again, right? So we did that, man. And then the next week, man, the devil fought hard. Yeah. Like, we didn't fight, but just the drama and like, yeah. you know, just work problems, you know, just just crazy stuff out of the blue. And you're like, man, that's the devil. Like, yeah. you can't do no better than that, man. We know yeah. it's you, bro. Like, this don't happen every day, mm-hmm. you know, but just living for God, it's going to come with some, with some stuff, man. I mean, because the devil's going to fight. He's going to fight hard, man. And, uh, when, he, when, he, when he's done coming after you, he's going to go after your kids, yeah. your parents, your brothers, sisters. He's going to fight, so just be ready to fight. Like the fight club. You I gotta mean, you fight, got to fight, man. It's, it's a constant fight. I mean, yeah. when you got Jesus on your side, everything's possible, but believe it's always going to be a fight. You're not fighting with the Lord like we used to when we were sinners. We'd fight against the Lord, fight against the Word. Yeah. Now we're fighting the devil off because he wants us more now than ever because he knows he can't touch us. He knows he don't own us anymore. Yeah. You know, we're not perfect. There's things that he slides in, and we 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 might think about or do this, or you know, a cuss word might slip, or you know, anything, right? Yeah. And, and you know, he's going to do that. He's going to fight, man. You got to put up a fight, man. You got to put your gloves on. Look, guys, you got to put your gloves on. You got to be ready to fight every yeah, day. Yeah, hey, devil, the Bible's man, full of it, man. None of those guys, God, once they man. decided to be those people for God, they didn't they didn't go to some bougie, you know, set up and had all the finances figured out and had the perfect marriage and had the perfect kid, you know, oh. perfect everything. No, it was a grind. And they it's getting her BMW and no, the gym. No, no. And that's yeah. what, you know, I, you know, and I'm going to, you know, tell you, man, not knocking BMWs. No, and no, no. Yeah. If that's your thing, man, I can't fit in one, but that's cool. No, it's not my thing. No, it's not my thing. But you know, uh, I don't think we allow them in the fight club either. <laughs> but if, uh, you know, if you, the idea, you know, the fight club too, you know, John don't miss this too. So, it started out with something else, name and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so the Fight Club, the idea behind it, and I actually I didn't even know this has ever been used in any other idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what I thought of is like the masculinity in men now is 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 absolutely. You can look up it. There's actually mm-hmm. a uh, you can look it up. It's called the Hand Journal. Okay, uh, they did a, a a study, and actually men now younger men right now have as much strength as your grandmother you when you shake a hand. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Men now are basically their grip strength is what they did. Okay. 
it's basically uh, almost equal to uh, a female. Now, I'm not knocking female or anything, but... No, you're just talking about how it's changed. Yeah, how it's changed. And since the 80s, like, uh, testosterone's went down, like, one points or however they do that, like, every yeah. year since then. So, like, the what's happening, and two, like, everything that we do, uh, technology, right, jobs, mm-hmm. COVID, all this stuff, has put men and, and people in general in a, in a much more isolated place, right? And then, two, if over 50% or, say, 47% of young men are being not being raised by their father as well, okay? Right. So there's nobody – I'm not saying there's nobody, right? But they're less likely to be pushed to do physical things as well, right? You know, your dad's going to say, hey, go do this and go do that. Help me with this. Help me with that. Um, they're going to push them to play sports. They're going to push them to work out. They're going to push them to do yard work. They're going to push them – you know, all these many things there. So when you think about the fight club, uh, our society, movies, uh, books, uh, TV shows, it's, it's removing the man out of so many of those things as well. And it's actually it's removing masculinity from those men that are in those things as well. Right. That's crazy. And that's what I'm saying. The fight thing is guys need to know, like, let's, let's roll it back to, you know, when there was movies like Rambo and Rocky and, you know, le- yeah, let's roll it back. We're, we're, we're like, no, I am the guy that uh, my wife was sent here to help me, okay? Mm-hmm. But I am the guy. I'm the guy that's the protector of the house. He says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's, there's a lot more going on than just saying we go to church on Sunday. Yeah, It is taking sure. ownership of it and becoming strong in yourself. And that's where you got to say no to the distractions, the sin. And that's the most difficult thing right now with any man. Yeah, and it's important that for those of you who have kids, man, and like I'm guilty of this, you may or may not have been in the past. It's like it's important for us to show them that it's not just a Sunday thing also. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I felt like in my past, that's kind of what it was. Like yeah. growing up was, oh, man, you go to church at Easter. Like I remember looking up and being like, why do we go to church once a year? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to leave my family that way. And you know that's awesome, you know, because you, you brought me back, man. I always anything to bring. My dad died when I was nineteen, so anything to take me back to that memory lane, you know, was you said, you know, my father, man. He even though we didn't go to church, mm-hmm. we didn't pray, mm-hmm. he did all those things. Mm-hmm. Like everything the Bible says, as far as what a man's supposed to do, be the protector, leader, raise other men. Yeah. He did those things. Like, I was driving a, a freaking uh, um, bush hog at probably 10 years old, <laughs> nine years old, you know. Yeah. And uh, taking out trash. Like, he, he gave me stuff to do to mm-hmm. teach me to be a man. Yeah. You know, and the one thing he, he, he taught me, man, was how to love my mom, man. Mm-hmm. He, man, that was amazing. And and now I've got the opportunity after, after some failed attempts. <laughs> I've got what I always wanted that my yeah. mom and dad had my wife and I and it's amazing and it what like, you have is is not common right that memory you have there's not a lot of other no, men not. that can agree with hey sounds just like my story right yeah man and it's tough but but also on the other side of that which what what makes what we're doing unique with the fight club is I'll sit there and I'll listen to people's like man I struggle with this because of this and I'm like dude me and my brother had the perfect parents when it came to relationship. They loved each other every day like it was the first day. They never fought. Like they never had a cross word to over yeah. nothing. Finances, yeah. 
Where were you? Nothing, yeah. dude. And we didn't have cell phones back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there was nothing. And even though we came up in the perfect outside of, you know, we didn't go to church, right? But as far as the examples they set forth for as a provider, the protector, you know, and, and their relationship, I don't think there could have been a better script written by James Patterson, okay? Yeah. I'm just being honest. And we still have problems with that. And, and I think sometimes when, when someone who comes from a troubled childhood and they hold on to the fact that their parents didn't have that, it's kind of a relief to them because they yeah. can let that go now. They can be like, so my parents could have been perfect and I still could have made bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, because it's the devil. It, well, and he was, he was so good too, right? So with having a father that gave you a, what you feel like was a good example, then it, you could be – then it, at points in your life you could feel um, – a failure because you don't feel you'll ever be as good as what he did. Right. And yeah. then the absence of a good father is the feeling like you will never, uh, those things haunt you and dictate how you are as a father, which prevents you to be a great father. Because one of the things that I had to let go of, um, I don't know, it's, it's been, it's been a couple years. I don't know how many I would say, but I was reading something in scripture and it just clicked with me. And it made me realize that I had put so much on my own father that I had he had been the fall guy for so many different things, okay? And I, at some point, it clicked to me, you know what? My father is an earthly father, and he is made of flesh, and he is not my heavenly father. And I need to, under, I need to draw a line there and understand and give grace and forgiveness and mercy. Right. And I don't need to let those things dictate me because ideally he's my earthly father, but he's not my heavenly father. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I have a father in heaven. That's the one that's going to fulfill those needs of self-worth and of love and of, of compassion and all these. Like, I will get that from him, you know. And it's just uh, being able to – it sounds – maybe it sounds it sounds crazy to some people maybe, uh, but I, I was let down. And a lot of times it was because I was putting too much on what I expected and it really wasn't fair to him because he may not have knew of what my expectations were or whatever. And I said, you know what? I, I need to I need to understand he's a heavenly there's a heavenly father, and there's an earthly father. And I, I need to be very um, I need to be very forgiving in that and love my earthly father the absolute best I can with a forgiving heart. Mm -hmm. But know that my heavenly father is the one that's gonna take care of all the needs that I need that are more spiritual and emotional. Yeah, even even to compliment that, like I used to be one that got offended easy about certain things. About how could they do that to me? And I remember thinking, who am I to get offended when I offend mm -hmm. the man upstairs every day? Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't he doesn't cut us off. Yeah, his grace, man. How many times do you do we deserve it? Yeah, we really don't. You know, so but if he can forgive me for way worse things, then how many upset will how somebody talk to me? Yeah. You know, or, you know, this didn't happen. But like, my daughter didn't call me for my birthday. You know, mm -hmm. you know, people get upset about that. It's like, man, look, the phone works both ways, too. You know, did you call her for her birthday? You know, but the thing is, like, how can we, and I'm not saying don't get upset, but I'm just saying how can how can we, what, what right do we have to get upset about small things Yeah, when we turn our back on God? Like he, gave, he gave us a book that all the answers are in. Yeah. We're too lazy to pick it up. And I'm guilty of that. Like, I'm studying the Bible now. I'm reading it. I don't know. I can't, you know, and I'll be the first to admit it. I can't quote scripture like you do. And there's people that can quote scripture way better than you. I'm way behind on that train, but I'm learning. 
Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to diving in, and I've already started diving in. And, and man, just I know that the more I dive into it, the more answers I'll have, the more wisdom I'll have. Yeah. So that I can, because, you know, my calling is to help people. Like, I've done all these tests at church and, and uh, find your calling and just where God has led me mm-hmm. in the last year is you, you got to help lead people to a better them, you know, spiritually and everything else. So yeah. it's definitely something I'm working on, man. And, I mean, here we are running a podcast, and, and me as a co-host is telling you, like, I'm working on this with you guys. Yeah. I'm excited about this podcast. I'm excited about the Fight Club. I'm excited about things going on in our church. Like, I, I am, I'm growing with you guys. Ryan's going to be growing with you guys. We're going to grow together, and that's what makes the Fight Club so unique is it's a group of guys that some are further along in their spiritual growth. Some are way behind. Some are – we're all still growing. It never stops. Yeah. It never stops. Just like it's just like growing as an individual. Period. It's, what what happens when something stops growing? It dies, right? So we're always growing, and that's what's awesome about this podcast and about the Fight Club, guys. And uh, Ryan, you got anything else you want to share on the opening trailer here? You know, I'm just excited about it. I really am. I'm excited. I think uh, John, this is going to be awesome. I know our relationship is new, uh, but our relationship with Christ is uh, eternal. So that's right, we kind of got all the time in the world on that deal. So. Yes, yeah, so um, guys, continue to, to check in. We will we'll have the schedule up soon. On, on uh, We're in the middle of building a website and getting the socials out there. Um, we wanted to get something to you guys so y'all can get excited and eager to learn more. Um, we have something that Ryan's been chewing on for a while to get this going. Um, I was excited to jump in because I feel like this is a, another tool for me as well to get closer to God. And uh, hopefully our goal will be to to lead others to God. That's why we do it. Um, and also, I mean, we're going to have episodes probably weekly. We're going to do our best weekly yeah. uh, to have episodes that will complement the lessons that we that Ryan teaches in, at the Fight Club, along with hopefully some special guest appearances by other men. Oh, yeah, some testimonies from real, real men. Average guys, no the celebrities. Yeah. Let's just talk it real. Let's talk. Let's. I want to hear from the guy that I work with. You know that, yeah, that exactly. had transformation in his life. I want, I want to hear the rawness and the authentic uh, uh, salvation that it, it, that's taking place for sure. Yeah, man. Because like every time I hear somebody's stories, like I just, I mean, my heart hurts for them. Yeah. I mean, for real. And like you can, I mean, everybody's story is so uniquely different. Like it can have some of the same things, mm-hmm. right? But so uniquely different. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it awesome, man. So I can't wait to have some of our guests in here, man, talking about it, just laying it down, man. And for you guys to hear, like, what they've been through, what they've overcame, the resiliency, the grace that God offers, man, is second to none. It's, it's amazing. I thank God Absolutely. every day that, that he had mercy on me for sure. And, and, you know, for me, for my personal transformation, man, like, he didn't even just transfer me, man. My, me and my wife transferred at the same time. Yeah, that's what's awesome. When I was in that closet, man, I said, "Give me a sign." Yeah, just give me a sign. Not that, not that I deserve one. Like he gives us signs every yeah. day. It's not like I was like, man, just, just show me something. And yeah. I kid you not, the next day, my wife out of blue says, "Can we start going to church?" And we weren't even fighting. It wasn't nothing crazy. No, we weren't cheap. We weren't fighting. It wasn't nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just the devil was really right there. I was working out of town. It was causing some friction. You know, I started having some insecurities. 
she might have had less than me. But either way, like there was just some, yeah, some friction. Yeah, nothing that anybody would ever know. It was very minute compared to the past. But I just I knew that something was going on, and I used to suffer from anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. I've learned to be able to control that on my own. Um, but for some reason, I just met dude, the world was just like, it's right. You know what I'm saying? It was like crumbling in the room. So I was like, just show me something next day, man, out of the blue. Like, we really never even talked about it. And she's like, can we start going to church, man? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, it was, it, I mean, as it's, it's, it's cliche as that seems, man, like that's my story. And Fortunately for you, that's all it took. And it was, man. It's so, you know, it's one thing for you to go through it personally. Yeah. You know, and I knew, I mean, God was telling me, you're the man of the house. You, and we were in a new relationship at that point. Yeah. You know, I got two bonus kids and God's like, you're the man of the house. Mm -hmm. This is what they need. This is you. And I knew right then I knew, you know, in a relationship, you can, it does take two, you know, you still do what you do, be obedient to God, do what you got to do. Right. But I was worried about that because I've already been in failed relationships. So I was like, man, but what if I do all this and, and that is not reciprocated? What do I do then? And I heard him say, he gave me peace, man. He said, don't worry about it. And, and we both transformed at the same time. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's just, man, it's, it's, it's a God thing. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sorry to get off track there. No, just no, no. That's it. what it's about, man. It's, it's, it's real life, though. It's real stories, man. I'm well, telling you, you maximize your, you maximize your relationship with God. I really believe it minimizes the devil. And, I mean, you're still going to fight, like we said earlier, though. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it does. But that devil is slicky, man. Slick, man. He he's tricky. He's slick. He he'll try to find ways. Like, like he tried to hit me up just recently, like trying to just discourage me about work. Man. Yeah, I'm talking about like I, I my wife was like, why do you have such a negative attitude? I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't have negative. She like, what do you <laughs> do? Like, you're just indulging in this negativity with your work. And I yeah. was like. I had to take a step back and I thank her for calling me out on that, man. Mm-hmm. She's a great accountability partner. That's what we all need. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, he did, man. He tried to like have certain people plant certain seeds, you know, and all this gossip and talking and, you know, you've been there. Oh yeah. And, and he even tried that and thank God we shut it down, man. It was cool. Cause I, I, I kind of started calling everybody like, look guys, we got to all get along like this. He said, she said the mindset's bad. Like we got to either, either move on, yeah. Get over whatever it is. We're a team and we're not going to run efficiently. And I honestly, like I remember telling the president, man, I had a one-on-one with him. I said, dude, I need to talk to you. Yeah. He's like, what's up? I said, dude, this, this, this environment is killing my spiritual growth. Yeah. And I will have to leave mm-hmm. if it doesn't change. I'm not telling you that you're supposed to bow down to me or whatever, but I told him something, man, I'm going to have to change because this, this is affecting my spiritual growth, and I can't go forward. So, what's going on? This, that, and the other. So, we all got together and we squashed it, man. It's been great since. That's just two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Devil's slick, man. He'll try whatever he has to do to try to ruin your your spiritual walk. I mean, it could be with getting cut off in traffic. It's part <laughs> of it, man. That's the hardest one, isn't it? And that's why we got. To, uh, that's why you got to have a brotherhood. That's why you got to have a fight yeah. club. Yeah, accountability, man. I mean. Because when you're around that, you you uh, you you get a hold of your you get a hold of your mind much quicker. I feel like I have personally. It keeps you grounded. I mean, mm-hmm. and when you're constantly going to something, mm-hmm. how do I say that? So, so it's like yeah, 
and that's why I've got to do a better job of diving into the Bible every day because then you're constantly going to something. Yeah. But with with the branded uh, schedule of the way it is every Thursday morning, mm-hmm. six o'clock, mm-hmm. right? We go in person. We meet. Yeah. There's not a lot that goes on that gets me off track between Thursday and Thursday. Yeah. You know, and then also we got church Sunday, life groups Wednesdays, Tuesday morning stuff. So like I'm not giving myself room to try to get off track in these guardrails and. And, and really what I've come to realization during the show is like, you don't have to depend on that. And I'm not taking away anything what we're doing, but yeah. I need to depend more on the word every single day. Yeah. Told me I can't. And that's one, that's one thing, man. I picked up these wrist uh, bands probably two or three months ago. I don't remember, but I wear them on my right hand. So that's my dominant hand. Yeah. So anytime I shake somebody's hand, drink something, I'm on my phone. Anything I do, this hand goes first, man. Mm-hmm. And it's accountability that anything I do with this hand, you, you know, I know it sounds silly, man, but it, but it is, man. Like one of them says, man of God. So if I'm paying somebody, if I'm running my debit card, I want them to know. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if I'm not acting like it, I want somebody saying, you're a man of God. Like I haven't mm-hmm. read that yet. But you know what I mean? Call me. I'm wearing it right here, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the other band says, pray hard, bless all. And then the other one is um, Philippians 4, 6. You know, and just something as simple as that is what I do. Not that I'm worried, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just, just putting it out there, man. Because that's, that's that's just it's just me, man. So yeah, yeah. Well, we're all we all are going to grow. I mean, that's the that's the goal, right? And that's the intention. And then looking for opportunities uh, to, to serve others, but ultimately be that be that uh, be that stronger man for that other person. Be the gladiator. You know what I'm saying? Fight somebody's battle until they can. Yeah. And then now you multiply that. Yeah, I, I remember the first. The first week I walked in the fight club, it was on the lion and lamb. Such a great message, man. Yes. And we'll dig into that on other sh- other episodes. But, guys, for y'all listening, man, we hope you guys join us. Um, if you're in person, we're in, we're in Henderson, Hendersonville, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. Fight clubs at Long Hollow Baptist Church every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Um, for those of you who can't make it, which, which our church has a lot of people who watch online, listen online, so it's – it's okay if you're remote, like, but you know, and it's also awesome, man, like to see people like drive. Yeah. Like real quick, crazy story. So my crazy and sad story. So a year ago, next week, one of my wife's best friends passed away. Hmm. And, um, her ex-husband had went on and, and married somebody. But the day we got baptized back in August after church, we were just, we were walking through the lobby and all of a sudden my wife hears somebody calling her name. So her best friend that passed away's little daughter's probably seven, eight years old. She runs up to her and we're like, What? Y'all are from Georgia. What are you doing here? <laughs> had no idea. We went to Long Hollow, had no idea we were getting baptized, seen us getting baptized on the big screen, came and found us. They were passing through town. Her dad um listens to Pastor Robbie on on podcast. Yeah. And he's like, I just had to come to Long Hollow. And we're like, what? That's awesome. And on this day, that is crazy. Man. Is. So same thing with Fight Club, man. We encourage you guys to listen when you can. Yeah. We encourage you guys to pop in when you can. Yeah. Um, man, Ryan's done an amazing job, man. I applaud you for what you're doing. Yeah, thanks. I applaud you for what you've allowed God to do through you and through your ministry. And I'm, I, it's a pleasure getting to know you. And the cool thing is we know each other briefly, just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we've really never had conversations outside of, the club yeah. other than last week 
and yeah. now so it's cool to get to know each other through this absolutely because i think i bring a little authenticity to it too it's like i'm learning things about you you learn things about me yeah. we're learning things about others that's right but guys like like i said man um i get long-winded on these outros man but we well, just, these, these are the kind of things that do yeah, it's real talk these we want, the, we want you guys to be be a part of what we got going on absolutely um from here on out we'll do We'll do this is just the like I said, this is the bonus episode opening trailer let you guys know who we are, what we're doing, what the plan is, what our goals are. Uh, from now on be more structured. It'll be it'll be some open conversation. There'll also be some some points that we're gonna hit. We're gonna talk we're gonna talk about scripture. We're gonna get into some lessons learned and uh, the Holy Spirit. So guys, I hope you guys stay stay tuned. Um, don't be strangers. Join the club, get in the ring with get us. Get in the ring. Ryan, you want to lead out on prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, man. God, I just love you, and I thank you. I praise you uh, for all the many things that you give us, God. Father, I thank you for uh, John. I thank you, uh, Father, for all the men uh, that, that choose to step up, Father, that, that uh, are not okay with just being okay. Uh, they understand that they have to fight for their home, uh, and they have to be strong enough to help fight for other homes, too. They have to strengthen brothers that are in terrible seasons, that are in tough seasons, that don't absolutely cannot find the door or cannot find the light and father allow us to be that bridge to bring them to you father let us let our lives be a testimony no we're not perfect whatsoever but let us let us not be content with that let us push ourselves push ourselves to bring people to you and to be an instrument for you father and then through that we have to fight we know that the devil is uh, always coming up with new things uh, new tactics uh, new new ways to challenge uh, our faith and challenge our walk with you and i pray that we will fight uh, we will fight together, uh, Father, because we know ultimately you're, you, you, you win. You, you, <laughs> everything is you uh, for eternity, Father, and we know that you're going to win. We know that we, we fight for the, the creator, we fight for the awesome God, and we fight for the one that sent his son to die for us for our, for our sins, that we may have eternal life uh, with you, God. Father, I pray that you forgive us where we let you down, Father, and let the things that we let you down strengthen us, Father, uh, to be stronger as we move forward, Father. We love you and we thank you and praise you. In your heavenly name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys, and God bless.